Because Key has trust issues. Welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey. I have another episode here for you in the amazing world of Callum Vore. I'm sitting here around the table with some very familiar faces to you. So we're going to go around and introduce these guys to you so you know exactly who's playing today. And they're going to give me their name, their race, their class. And you're going to tell me that, let's go with, if your character was an animal, which one would it be? And you two can't be cats. Roll your dice to see who goes first. Key, you get to go first. Or choose to go last because crit, you know. Oh, I'll go last. There we go. Which means Felix is going to go first. Okie dokie. Uh, I am playing Felix Kitten. I am a tabaxi sun soul monk. Um, and if I had to choose another animal to be, I reckon it would be a wolf. Uh, my character is Halrock the Haunted. He's a hill dwarf barbarian. And I suppose if he could be any animal, it would be a black bear. I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Loves his honey, but also can tear your head off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And last but not least, we have Key, everybody's second favorite cat. <laughs> Hello, I'm the second favorite cat, Key. And if Key was not Key, oh, first of all, I'm a shadow monk, Tabaxi shadow monk. And if Key wasn't a, a feline, he would be an elephant for sure. Ooh. I think we all know why. That's a very. He's angry. a big fan of Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, remember, you guys all start with inspiration. Everybody starts the game with inspiration. <gasps> inspiration. <clears throat> Oh, I don't know. Uh, it should be at the top. It's like a checkbox. Or you could just write it in your notebook. True, I can do that. There's a pencil right in front of you. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You know that old school way of writing? <laughs> Why do that when we have d Beyond? That's right. <laughs> okay. You guys ready to start? Ready to jump in? Let's sure. do this. Ready to jump into our make-believe world? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Okay. It has been approximately five days since your battle with Azulo. At the archaeological site underneath the Wissonia Arcane Institute, southwest of Cadmia. As you have all taken this moment to heal some very hefty wounds, you guys have been watching the goings-on at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. And you see the people coming and going. You see warriors of various experience. Some of them draw your eye, however. A group of four that hold themselves in high esteem. Not arrogantly so, but you can tell that they've seen some stuff. They're frequently talking with Arden. And as you all sit within the tavern of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild, you look out the window and see them departing. They look packed up. They look prepared for a long and hefty journey. You see a tall Goliath, a half-orc, and two elves, one looking like they're skilled in the arcane arts, and one holding a hefty bow, and two large daggers. You've heard whispers of this group, the leader of who you've heard is called Rengar. They take one last look at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild and they turn and exit the cul-de-sac. As you watch this, it having been five days since your last adventure, since Key had heard the news of Freighter's Pit from Tezenless, Key and Felix, 
You've been spending the last five days trying to find the Gnome's Eye Tavern in the Dock Ward. The reason for this is because it is said that underneath lies a fabled fighting tournament known as Freighter's Pit, where you are required to deliver the page gifted to you by Tezenless as a prize for this event. I'd like you both to roll survival checks, please, to see how you went over this endeavour. Key, you've had a lot to think about over the past few days. And in doing so, you find yourself sort of cutting in and out of uh, the reality that you've been walking through the streets of. You see the hustle and bustle of the dock wards and that cacophony of noise, almost like white noise, just sort of draws you away. But Felix, ever vigilant. You've sort of narrowed it down in your grid-like search of this area to one specific location. You've only got one zone left to check in the dock ward, so you're sure that it's in there. And you both intend to check that out tonight. You're currently sitting in the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild Tavern. And you watch as Malone, the half-elven bartender, comes to you with a tuft of hair. The only piece of hair on his head. You watch as he moves towards you with three glasses. One full of milk. The other two your drinks of choice. He slides them over the table. The other going to Halrod, who's sitting quietly with you. As you watch these figures leave the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild on their adventure, what would you guys like to do? As quietly as I possibly can, I just sort of lean towards Key and just whisper to him. Tell him about what? What we're doing. Howrod. Yeah, we should tell Howrod, but we shouldn't tell him that we're giving the page. Well, we could be retrieving it. Howard, you can roll a perception yeah. check because you're in the same booth and you're staring at your glass of, of um, milk. That's funny. Beautiful. Um, so you can act on this as you please, but you're hearing every single word that they're saying. So at the moment, you're looking into your milk and you're looking across the um, bar at the hall that has recently been installed in the Valley and Odyssey Adventures Guild with Thorzite's quote above and the trinkets that the adventurers have brought in shining through in the light in that almost mausoleum slash museum like room but you're hearing everything whether you act on it or not is up to you Halrod we need to tell you something well it's about time I've had my suspicions for days <sighs> what, do you, what, what are your suspicions you guys want to leave the guild don't you you want to go out on adventures well sort of we have information on where one of the pages is. I need to show you something. I pull out a page, but this is the page that I got from the tome in the dungeon from Wayne Wainwright. Wainwright. From Wainwright, yes. It's, it's the note from Tezenless to Wainwright. Mm -hmm. So I give it to Harold to have a look at. Oh, is this the page you were talking about in the caves that time? Yes. So as you can see, these pages that Arden is looking for is being currently used as currency. But we have come to the conclusion that there is another page at a place called Pit of Freighter. And how do you know that? We get our information. Right. Where did you happen upon this information? Somewhere I don't like. 
Yeah. Oh, the eye catcher. So you've been talking to Tazanless. Let's just say we don't want to reveal our, as you can respect as a professional, we don't give up our sources so easily. Well, given his uncomfortability with the uh, eye catcher the last time we were there. A lot of people make me uncomfortable here. But nonetheless, we have information that there is another page and we're trying to receive it. And we need help. So what's the plan? Wait, where is it? What are we doing with it? Supposedly the page has been used as a, as a prize within a fighting pit. Oh, are we going to Sure, but we have an opportunity to potentially get it. We have an opportunity to end up before Magistrate Byer again as well, but you know. <laughs> but if we do this under the assumption that it's for guild reasons, that we're taking it down as such. Uh, I can... Have you told Arden about this? Arden has tasked us to find pages. Mm-hmm. But Arden also appointed you as the leader to liaise with him directly, Key. You know that. I do liaise directly with him. And have you liaised with him about the um, the fighting pit? We don't know if it's definitely there. We need to go find out. All right. So when's this tournament taking place? Well, we're checking it out tonight. And that's what we're going to do our reconnaissance. Okay, so where is it? Apparently somewhere called the Gnome's Eye Tavern. Roll a history check, Hellrod. As a past frequent tavern goer, due to your condition, you know exactly where this tavern is. Ah, I know the Gnome's Eye. I've been down there several times. So a tavern that you'd been spending five days finding, Hellrod knows exactly the location. Been thrown out a bit many times. Well, we probably should have come to him sooner. So, um, can we get back to you with this? Get back to me with... Once we've discovered that there's potential page there, can we count you in? Sure, why not? Because we'll need to discuss either A, we enter the competition and play for it, or B, break in and steal it. In which case, we will be distractions and we'll have our thief here pocket it. I'm going to get you two to roll deception checks. Mm-hmm. And you can roll an insight check. So Felix isn't prone to lying and you know that he hates liars. So if he is, you know he's had got a pretty good reason for it. You're very suspicious of Key. So you can't tell directly whether they're lying to you or not and because they've sort of included you in this information whereas previously they hadn't there is that air of honesty that they're trying to portray alright gentlemen so yeah we come up with a plan of how we're going to get this page back we can go we can go about it it's settled then we'll go tonight and um, me and Felix will go tonight confirm that the page is there and we'll come back and um, we'll get how we're going to get it we'll act accordingly in the meantime How's my weapon coming along? Well, I uh, I did with what you requested, and I uh, I made a uh, a dagger whip with one of them. However, I decided that the other one was too beautiful to turn into a dagger whip, so I made a short sword from it, and I blackened it because you're the way of the shadow. I don't have a whip to give you. Did you have a whip? I had leather straps around. Do you want to describe what the weapons look like as you sort of take them out of your pack that's resting to the side of the table and rest them on top of the table 
Okay. Almost delicately, he rests them and unfolds this um, piece of satin that's covering them all up. So you see the, uh, the the main dagger. I made it into a short sword and I serrated the inside edge um, for more cutting damage and I blackened it. I mean, with your way of, them, way of the shadow and I put a cross hilt at the base of the fang. That way, yeah, that way things can't slide down your hands during combat and I put a leather wrap around the hilt. Very nice. Have you named it? I have not. I don't believe that the smith should name the weapon. I believe that the person receiving the weapon but if I was to name it anything, I would name it the Black Fang. I like it. And the other? And the, with the whip, uh, with the whip, I took the dagger and I shaved it down just for aerodynamic ability and um, inlaid a, um, a circle, um, a circle hook just to attach it to the end of the whip. And you can see the whip is about, now uh, it's about 15 feet long. With, uh, with your range and uh, the whip's length, you should be able to strike enemies up to 25 feet away with it. Terrific. Looks aerodynamic. The leather is entwined almost perfectly. Um, as you look at the blade, it is also a blackened bone as well. Looks deadly. And then I also made this. A snake chainmail. <laughs> it looks... This it is. This is mine. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks much too small for you, Key. <laughs> You're very creative. Thank you very much. Well, you know, it's all in a day for a smith. Okay. So as these weapons are exchanged and you finish the last of your drink, Key and Felix, I imagine you go off on a little jaunt through the city. And as you do, you make your way to the dock ward. Alrod, what would you do? Um, I'm going to follow them because okay. I am ultimately suspicious. All right. Um, I'll get you to roll a stealth check for me, please. I knew that was. <laughs> uh, and with chainmail, I believe it has disadvantage. Okay. So Halrod, you stand at the edge of the Valiant Odyssey Adventures Guild Tavern in the alley, standing directly behind a barrel basically and as you're looking over the barrel all that people could see if they looked into the alley was your eyes and the top of your head and this large bow that seems to be protruding over your shoulder <laughs> as you look your fingers sort of on the edge you watch as these two tabaxi exit the cul-de-sac and move to the left can I get you two to you don't need to we got a one so as you guys make your way out of the cul-de-sac you both see out of the corner of your eye almost like a camera flare this picture of a squatting dwarf looking at you over this barrel. You know that he's watching you. He's going to follow us. Well then, let's get out. Move. You turn the corner and with your tabaxi-like speed, you extract your claws and <laughs> begin running. Alrod, as soon as they turn the corner, you make your way out of the barrel and you hear a voice behind you saying, Going somewhere, Halrod? You turn around and you can see Arden sipping on a cup of tea. You can see his brown mop of hair, his leathers finely pressed. And you can see that he's starting to grow a little bit of a moustache. He usually has this five o'clock shadow, but you can see his moustache coming through. Hey, Arden. The uh, the lads are on their way down to the norm, uh, Norm's Eye Tavern in the dock ward. They think they've got a lead on one of the pages. 
He said he was liaising with you about it. Well, Kenny is a man of his own. Let's put it that way. The gnomes are, you say, do they not like the brew here at the Valley and Odyssey? I'll have to change it. I'll talk to Malone. Well, that's that's where they said the page might be. So they've gone to investigate. He nods and he says, And why aren't you going with them? You're part of their team, are you not? Because they took off like a couple of scalded cats. So one would say that you are suspicious of the pair. Ah, so decidedly so. Not so much Felix. He's seems pleasant enough and he doesn't like to lie, so... Fishing torments my heart when it comes to Key. There is more to that cat than meets the eye. I believe deep down... He has a pure heart. You just have to find it. Get through all the edges first. Feel through all the shadow. He's like the child in the playground that um, tries to be tough, but you know that they like a good scratch under the ears, so to speak. He just wants to be loved. What's a playground? <laughs> well, I don't know if you're aware, but Key does hold some of the pages of the Spirit Bound Tome. Wait. At least one, to my knowledge. Yeah, he got one in the cave from... Um... Well, that's the one you know that he mm. has. Yeah. yeah, it was the conversation yeah. we just had before. You know that he has the one from Azula. Right. Yeah. You don't know that he has the one from Tezimus. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about the Tezimus one. Yeah. yeah. Or you don't know the one that he originally kept. Mm. No, I don't know that one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the one that you know and the one that Arden knows are two different ones, but you both think that he has one. Mm. Okay, so yeah, he uh, he picked them. Um, he got one out of the tome from Seraph and Wainwright in the uh, cabin. You watch his Arden sipping tea, and he just sort of stops for a minute, brings down the cup, and he says, "I see. We've discussed here at the Odyssey of the importance of finding these pages, how dangerous they are. I believe that if Key has left paper trail, as it were, that leads to him in regards to these pages." There'll be quite a few people in this city that are after him. So I better see if he's okay. He nods and he says, I think following them for your own suspicions, but also to keep them well protected will be well within your purview. Try and keep my tabaxi team made out of trouble. He says, I'll convene with you later, Halrod. Well, by the way, how are you doing? I'm never better, you know. Roll a deception. He looks at you and he says, You're either never better, or you're a very good liar, Halrod. Please know that you can speak to me at any time. I know, and I will. Should I need to. He nods and you watch as he makes his way back into the tavern, and as he walks in, you hear him yelling something to Micah. He says, Micah! There's mess all over the place. Move these kegs. And Micah's just, you just hear this sigh, this... <sighs> And you follow. Oh, Micah. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, you follow. As you get to the edge of the cul-de-sac, I'd like you to make a survival check, please. And the two tabaxi can roll stealth checks. So as you make your way into the street, you can see carts moving from left to right, people selling their wares, but also conversing in the streets. The, the common man feeling safe in Cadmia. You make your way to a curbside and you can see claw marks in part of the soft gravel that seemed to indicate somebody accelerated at pace from this area. 
in a southward direction, which checks out because they were indeed telling you that they were heading to the gnome's eye. So if that was in, in fact true, the direction is common. Don't know why they've run because I know where they're going. <laughs> so at that, how rod would you track them or would you just make your way to the gnome's eye? Oh, I just make my way downtown walking fast. All right. As you go, there is a piano solo in the background as you do. Um, And as you get to the gnome's eye, probably 10 to 15 minutes later, uh, the first thing that you see is this small shantied looking shack. And as you enter the dock ward, you sort of got that smell of of fish and seagull as you, and the ocean as you, uh, as you do so. And you can hear the working of ships and the creaking of sails and things as you enter. It brings back some memories. As you do walk through this area, you can see the various drunkards being moved into the street, being thrown out at this time of the um, afternoon. Ah, been there. And you watch as a couple of gambling sailors are playing some sort of dice game on a um, on the top of a barrel as you could walk past. As you enter this alleyway, you can see the Gnome's Eye Tavern. is It's a very small shack. As you look at it, it's probably about 15 feet wide. And it's probably one story tall. You look at it and you think to yourself, I don't think a fighting pit could fit in here. There's no way that one could fit in there, but we'll go in and check it out. All right. As you enter, you can see that the door is sort of askew and ajar. And you can see a single eyeball is posted above the door frame. And it seems to be carved out of wood. As you open it, the door jams almost like it's swollen from the sea breeze and you have to sort of lift it and pull it to the side as you scrape it against the cobblestone slash dirt. You move into the tavern and it's very dimly lit. You can see that there's probably one candle lighting the whole area and the other corners of the bar seem to be quite uh, darkened. You move in, roll a perception check. Okay, so as you move in, you can see two halflings sharing a drink, a human and a bartender. The bartender seems to be dwarven and they seem to be female and they seem to look at you as you enter, gives you a nod and turns around. There doesn't appear to be any tabaxi in here. It seems to be a single room. There is a door to the back of the bar though. Mm. Looking around, you take a seat and you wait. We cut back 10 minutes later. Key and also Felix. You're running through the streets as quickly as possible, dodging through people, using their shadows to almost manoeuvre quickly through the area. You watch as one of you jumps on top of a keg and begins darting across the roofs as Felix begins weaving his way through the people of the centre market square. You eventually get to the dock ward and you pass one of these large statues that seem to permeate across Cadmia. You look up at it and you can see a couple of seagulls sort of sitting on the shoulder of this knight. And you begin making your way to the southeastern portion of the dock ward. What I'd like you to do is roll survival checks, please. Felix, you can with advantage because you had narrowed down the search to one final grid block area. All right, so Key, you're very much following Felix in this endeavor. And as you begin moving, is there anything that you guys would have liked to do on your way there? Key would have been um, constantly scanning to see if, if someone was still following him. His, his surroundings is distracting him from where he's actually going. He's really focused on um, what what is potentially a, a perceived threat as he as he moves with Felix while he follows Felix. Yeah. Okay. 
So just generally with your passive perception, you wouldn't have picked up anybody following you, but you are suspicious of everybody that looks your way. Like somebody will catch their eye on you just as they're shopping in the market and you'll just gauge them until they're out of your sight. Um, Felix, you can notice that Key is oddly more paranoid than usual. You finally make your way to the last quarter of that dock ward where you had sectioned off the last portion and it's taken you a little bit, it's taken you a short amount of time to get here, but from this point, you kind of have no idea where you're going. What would you like to do? Um, also on the way through, because I've been, Felix has been very, uh, the, the statues that one, he's been really interested in the statues. Mm-hmm. What statue is it the one we passed near the dock ward? So the one that's passed near the dock ward is called the Honourable Knight. You have, you've passed it quite a few times and it's just basically this fully armoured man that seems to have a sword hilt in his palms. The blade seems to be protruding down into the sand and you can see that there is a shield rested against his leg. And when you saw it last, there was two seagulls on his shoulder. But he just seems to be looking out over the dock ward. They're, these statues that you see in the city are usually placed in sort of gathering areas. Nothing seems to be really built around them. So well, at they least seem the like ward. oddly sort of oddly placed. Like they're not like surrounded by gardens and fountains and stuff. It's just like a statue in the middle of the courtyard. Yeah, roll a. I'll say roll an insight check. So the ones that you have seen. And you've probably seen three or four. One of them can be seen like on top of the Wessonian mountain. It's basically in the southeastern, uh, southwestern part of the city. And this one here, there doesn't appear to be any specific like monumental areas around it for prayer or worship or anything like that. Uh, Some of them seem to be built right into the architecture. It's kind of random. And from what you've picked up from being within the city, everybody just meanders around them as if they've always just been there. Yeah, I'd like to always just take note of the statues that we pass in the city. Yep. Like position, like where they're facing, like if they're facing like outwards from the city or if they're just randomly just strewn or they seem yep. like they've, it's like someone has just literally just walked and then stopped in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this one here definitely seems to have been taking like a, a restful pose almost and they're looking toward the west. Uh, over the dock ward. So this one's kind of situated on the northeastern section of the dock ward and it's looking toward the west over the dock ward. Cool, cool, cool. So you see Felix looking at that as you are looking um, across your shoulder key and he currently snaps back in and you make your way west in the city until you finally find the last region of the city where you know the gnomes are to be within because you haven't found it anywhere else before. Nice work, Felix. So, this is the last region. Now we've just got to find it. We've got to find it quick. Mm. Seems like they probably want to make it inconspicuous. They're probably looking for something that's easy to miss. Right, so it might not even have any signage or anything up front. Maybe not. And what should we look for? Intoxicated people. Mm, people of disrepute. Yes. Key looks around to see if there's any um, bystanders. Roll a perception check. Nat 20. Beautiful. So as you are looking around, you can see that there is uh, a pier just to the left of you that you seem to be standing next to. And you can see that people are maneuvering cargo on and off that ship. So you can see those people that seem to be working. 
Uh, to your right, you can see that the city seems to, or the dock ward seems to have been uh, built up in that sort of area. And there's various small sort of alleyways uh, throughout that area. And you look past one and you can see some drunkards sort of sitting outside this alleyway that seem to be playing a dice game on this this barrel. And if you're looking for people of disres- disrepute in this area, they seem to be the only ones that don't appear to be working a job. They're just sort of sitting there gambling away. You can see three humans. One of them seems to have a beard and a couple of missing teeth. The one across from them seems to have like uh, a weary smile and like a scar, but it seems to be inlaid with some gold. And you can see the other one seems to be short and fat and there's sort of like a a swelling around the eye that seems to have forced it closed. And there's a massive fresh purple bruise around his eye. What would you guys like to do? Felix, I'm going to go talk to these guys. Um, I'd like to take a moment to sort of like not sort of meditate, but take a moment and use my senses to see if I can smell blood. Yep. Roll a perception check. Okay. So looking around this area, there are many smells in the dock ward, one of which is fish, which fills your nostrils completely. There's grime, sweat, um, bird feces, all that uh, kind of loveliness that accompanies the dock ward. And you cut through all of that and you do get a sense of almost like dry, dry sort of blood coming from the area that Key seems to be approaching directly. Seems like that may be the place to check out. What would you like to do as he approaches? Um, I will follow, but sort of more to the side and sort of nonchalantly like. Okay, so roll a stealth check just so we can gauge your. Um, So as you begin approaching, you sort of try to as stealthily as you possibly can move towards the left and as you move towards the left as Key's going straight ahead you kind of keep your eye on him because you don't want to lose sight of Key and as you do you sort of bump into this sailor and as you bump into him he looks at you and he just (coughs) gruffs at you oh I am so sorry Uh, please forgive me I did not mean to bump into you at all you watch as he turns around and he says you're not from around here are you nobody says sorry in the dock wards first time for everything it was very pleasant thank you he moves along and you watch as he goes and yells at somebody that's next to him. You go, this cat said sorry to me. <laughs> um, at that, your position is completely known, but you're standing next to a, a sort of a post that's holding up one of the roofs and you watch as Key approaches these three. Okay, so I walk over and, and um, do I identify what dice game they're playing? Uh, you can see that they appear to have three dice, all three of different shapes, and they're holding them under a cup. Roll an insight check. Uh, this is called Gorsi's Ante. I don't think you would have heard of it before, but you can hear them saying, Gorsi, give me luck. Gorsi, give me luck. Every time. Uh, there seems to be some coin that is thrown through at three round intervals, and you watch as they roll the diamond dice first, and then they bet, and then you watch as they roll a square dice, and then they bet, and then you watch as they roll a peculiarly shaped triangle dice, and then they bet, and then the last round of betting whoever has seems to have the highest score is the one that wins the pot. So that's what you're able to gather from about 30 to 45 seconds of watching this game. And they're moving very quickly around here. Rounds are going very fast. They seem to be very experienced in it. What would you like to do? I walk up and um, bluntly interrupt the game. By doing what? I just come in and I lean in and I look at them. You watch as they seem to be shaking the dice in their cup and the shaking stops as this cat head protrudes through their circle of three and they all three 
simultaneously and silently look towards you. You watch as the one with the swollen eye looks to you and says, Something you need. Is there anyone here that would like to earn a little bit more money for about two minutes of your time? You have my curiosity, cat. Speak fast. I need to get to the gnomes. Uh, oh, people need to get to some place. We haven't seen any currency for this interaction, and as I stand it, it's probably been about 20 seconds. So, um, let's see the shiny. I break out a gold piece. I flick it up, and I catch it. One gold piece just to take me to the gnome's eye. Roll a persuasion check. You watch as they look at you, all three of them, and they lean back, and you lean back as well. There's now a normal conversation, not a football huddle. And as you look towards them, they put their dice down. And the one with the swollen eye says, how about this? We'll play you for that information. And in return, you put up those fancy looking boots. I need some new shoes. And you look at his and there's like holes through the toes. And you can see his big toe just poking through. His nails on his toes just look gnarly and green. These are felchies. You cannot put these up over a dice game. But this is what I will do. Okay. If I lose, I will spend six gold. You can buy yourself a good pair of tanqueries of six gold. He looks towards you and he says, Fauci's from Gregorio Fauci. So you know. Of course I know. I've dreamed of wearing shoes like that. So then you can understand why I would never put these up. I can indeed. He looks to you and he shakes and he says, but you can also understand why I want them so bad. These are priceless, my friend. So, yeah, I like your cat. Six gold. Six gold if I lose. But if I win, I'll still pay you one gold. Either way, you're taking me to the gnome's eye. Well, what are we playing for? I'm taking you either way. You're basically paying to win more money. You could use some new boots. Yeah, I could. My toes do get cold in the night time. Have a seat, cat. One round. And you boys, you sit out on this one. And you watch as they just sort of crack their knuckles, stand up, and both of them begin moving away. And he calls over his shoulder and says, Go get me another mead. One for me friend. What's your name, son? My name. My name is Jonah. Hello, Jonah. My name's Alastair. Nice hands. Meet you. <laughs> he gets a cup and he slides you over some dice and he says, do you know how to play? No, tell me. Too bad. Roll your dice. Um, the guys that are going, are they going to get him a mead? They look like they're going into the tavern to get a mead. <laughs> <laughs> can I, um, can I try and stealth and follow them? Yeah. Natural 20. Okay. So you definitely stealth and follow them, but they seem to be going into a tavern that says the Oysters Bay, which seems to be pretty much across the way from where they were sitting. So they literally just get up, move across the way and go into the Oysters Bay and it has a open clam at the top of the door. And as they move in, they're probably in there for about 30 or so seconds. And you look through the window, they seem to be going to the bartender and you watch as they get a drink and then another drink and they begin moving outward. Uh, Roll a perception check. Okay, so as they exit, you watch as one of them's holding one tankard and the other one seems to be holding another. You watch as one of them gets a small glass vial, uncorks it and pours it in one of the drinks and then 
pockets it. They both walk out and they walk basically straight past you as you're leaning nonchalantly against a pole. I want to clock to make sure I keep it tabs on the one they poured the vial into. Yep. So you can see that the tankard that seems to have the vial in it seems to be like a wooden tankard. The other one seems to be like a pewter or a metal. You watch as they move their way over to the table and they put the pewter tankard in front of their friend Alistair and they look towards you, Key, and one of them says, I, um, I thought you might have been thirsty too. And you watch as they slide this wooden one ahead of you. No, it's okay. I'm good. He gives a nod and he says, suit yourself. And then Alistair looks to you and says, you ready, cat? I'm ready. All right. Roll the D8 first. Don't tell me what you got. He watches. He slips two gold into the center and he says, I'm feeling lucky today. Hopefully you've got some more of your nine lives. You need to meet this or fold. Oh, cool. You put your two gold into the pot and you watch. He says, square dice now. And you roll that. It's customary to let the secondary player bet next. Is there a cap on the bets? If you want to bet your life savings cat, I will definitely oblige. <laughs> I'll put in three gold. He looks at you and he says, you really built that up. I thought there was going to be more than this, but three is fine. And you watch as he calls it and he says, now, a little triangle bastard. Don't step on these, they hurt, especially with shoes like mine. You watch as he puts the cup down, he watches his eyes go really, really wide as he looks at his own dice. Uh, roll an insight check. He opens his mouth in like an excited way and then he quickly changes his face back to like a, a stoic sort of look and he looks over his cup and he says, final round of betting. He puts in five gold. I'm going to fold. He watches, he smiles and he reveals his cup and the numbers on his dice add up to eight. What do yours add up to as you reveal yours? Ten. He looks to you and he says, you got to learn how to bluff, cat. If you're going to get through this world in the dock world, you got to learn how to lie. Now that face that I pulled, the <gasps> gets him every time. <laughs> He goes and slides the gold over and he says, I believe that's uh, six gold and a trip to the gnome's eye. It was a deal. I'm a cat of my word. Well, lucky that word's always truthful. Look, the trick with lying is you have to actually believe what you're saying. You know what I mean? You have to actually, you have to feel it. You have to believe it in your heart of hearts. Facial expression, your tone, it's all a part of it. I'm a, I'll teach you on the way. I appreciate the theatric, but we must really get going. Okay, all right. Down your drink and uh, we'll get going. That's okay. You can have this. I insist. It's rude. Well, uh, um, the hot, when, when they were playing and I was spying on them, would I be able to crawl up onto the roof? Yep. Using my natural Easily, yeah. Watching this whole thing, annoyed a little bit, frankly. Um, I'll, I will jump, jump down so I'm sort of between the other two New blokes, and yep. as I land, like sort of beeline, like landing, I want to like sort of like rest my arms on their shoulders in between. And so I'm standing in between them with my shoulders, uh, arms around them, and be like, "Hiya, fellas! Say, did I witness you just pour something into that tankard of my friends earlier?" You look as they both look at each other over your body as you're in between them, 
and you watch as the one of them so sort of looks at you and says, "We wouldn't dream of it. No way." Um, the one who did put the stuff the drink. Can I grab the drink? And like, I'm being very aggressive now. Yep. If we have to start an initiative or anything like that, but I want to like grab the tank and grab him and sh- try and sh- like force feed him the drink. All right. Uh, <laughs> this will be a grapple. We'll roll a grapple. So you grab um, the back of his head, and it's not—it's not like a strength thing for you. It's almost like a, a quick, just sort of tip his head back, and at the same time, you just slosh some of the drink down his mouth, and you watch as the drink—you just slide it across the floor, and you watch as you sort of stand back, and the gentleman that played you, Alistair, sort of stands back in shock and goes, "What's the meaning of?" And you watch then as this gentleman just sort of sways for a bit and falls face down in the mud. Wow, seems he can't handle his drink. Mm, what was in that? And I reach and can I reach to his pocket and pull it out? Yep. Empty vial. Empty vial. You gotta understand it. I don't know what these guys are gonna do when they enter the tavern, but I am also a man of my word. I'll take you to the gnome's eye if we uh we don't tell the city guard about this at all. Intrusion. Well. Maybe some also some monetary compensation. Wouldn't go astray. Roll a persuasion check. In the ways of currency, are you cats? I'll teach you that on the way to the gnome's eye. And I'll teach you how to lie. Lesson and class is in session. Let's go, boys. And you watch as he opens his arms up, indicating that one of you needs to go on either side. I'm going to I'm gonna say, look, I'm going to walk behind you. I don't trust you anymore. I'm hurt. But I see where you come from. All right, let's go. You watch as he walks ahead of you. He says, look, my back is pretty itchy, but if something sharp goes in there, I'll have you know that I have lots of friends here in Cadmia, especially the dock warden. They'll hunt you down and finish the job for me. I'm literally, I'm piercing day, like looking daggers into him. I, if one flinch, one little movement I don't like, I'm going to... Okay. Go after him. So it takes about two or so minutes and he leads you through this maze-like alleyway with shanty huts just being put together in haphazard fashions with what seems to be parts of ships. You can see that some people have like awnings made of ship sails being moved through this area and you watch as the buildings start to get a little bit taller as you make your way further and further into the dock ward. You eventually turn down an alleyway and you can see a small shack that seems to have a wooden sign above the door with an eye carved in it and nothing else. It seems very unassuming. <coughs> Told you. Inconspicuous. Hey, thanks for having my back before. Ah, of course. He looks towards you and he says, Alistair's word is his bond. You know where to find me if you need anything, cats. Oh, and remember, believe what you're saying, Master Key. It's a key to lying. And you, cat, never give up more than you're affording in terms of gold. If you don't want to lose it, don't play it. I don't need gold. Everybody needs gold. Depends on your lifestyle, I guess. You watch as he turns and walks away. And he whistles as he does. I, like, pull out a dart and then put it away. <laughs> as he's, like, <laughs> aiming the dart, you watch his keys just staring at him. You do put it away. You walk in to the door and it takes you a while to lift it because it's, like, it's that swollen wood. And as you enter, you look around and the first thing that you see is a dwarf with his feet up on the table, long black beard, glass of milk in front of him. Surprise, motherfucker. 
<laughs> I in a sort of way like sort of hush him a little bit and then I'm, I'm like Key you go find out what we need and then I will go over to Halrod okay so as you go over to Halrod and sit down in the booth Key you make your way to the bar with the female dwarf and you can see at this point it's heading towards sort of dusk area uh, of the day that orange light seemed to permeate across the city as you entered so it's heading towards night time uh, Key, you enter the bar area and you can see this female dwarf look at you and says, Hello, lad. Drink for you. Uh, yes, please. What would you be? I'll have, a, I'll have a ginger ale. A ginger ale? Well, let me break out the fancy stuff. And he watches as she goes underneath the bar and pulls out this dusty bottle. She just... <laughs> moves it over to you and she goes, I guess that'll be a silver. Okay, I'll give you silver, but I'll give you some more if you can tell me where I can find, who I can find. Who do you need to find? Looking for someone named, I look around, just make sure no one's listening. Wakra. She looks to you with an eye and she says, The people that know that name, well, they have a purpose. So, yes, I'll show you where he is. I don't need to know how you know it, though. In the back. Enjoy your ginger ale. Thank you. I take the ginger ale and uh, I uh, start motioning to the um, to the back. I take a quick look at Felix and Harold just to see what they're doing. Uh, at the moment, they're just sitting, engaged in a conversation with each other. Just voices. Have they noticed where I'm moving to? I'd say Felix would constantly be looking over your way. Okay. So I'm going to stealthily move. With the, with the motion of Harold not seeing where I go. Okay, roll stealth check and you can roll perception check with advantage because this, this room is very small. Okay, so you do see his tail slip through the back door as it closes in the dim light of this tavern area. We cut to the scene at the table. Ah, yeah, so, well, so I was trying to poison Key, is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I thought it was pretty cool though, like, between them. I, I, I've got to stop letting you two tabaxi go out in your own in public and you keep getting yourselves into these games. By the way, do you think I didn't notice him slip out the back door? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> it's a small room. Um, but, Harrod, look, I'm sorry that we don't tell you anything. Honestly, if it was completely up to me, we would. It, it seems like a blatant lack of trust that you have in me. It's key. He has trouble... Trusting people, as I'm sure you're having trouble trusting us. It's because you keep doing shady shit. And it seems Key has fallen sort of back into old ways ever since we've got back to the city. What do you mean his old ways? Well, he didn't have a... Well, for the most part, his childhood wasn't great. Oh, I, I gathered this, you know, the backstory that I brassly interrupted. And <laughs> he has been through a lot. At one point, he, he, he was a lot better, but he seems to be lying a lot more. But I, I know, I've just noticed when we're around the guild, he seems to be disappearing a lot. And I know you, you're going to be like, he does this from time to time. Well, he does, but it's, it's, uh, it's not really my place to say, but please know that out of all the people, we do trust you the most. Well, I do take comfort in that, but you need to trust me. 
I know. What do you think? What do you think I'm going to do? Slap you in chains and drag you before the magistrate? Well, no, I drag you before Art before I do that. But please, I'm only lying so I can hopefully. You're trying to look out for Key in his interest. I understand. Not so much in interest. You're being loyal to your friend. I'm trying to, in my own way, pull him back from the dark. Much as he loves to be in it. For him to thoroughly leave his darkness, he has to embrace the Odyssey and everything it encompasses. Which is going to be difficult and take time. Hmm. Baby steps. Look, if you include me in this, Felix, I will bring him here. I will help you bring him to the light and out of the darkness. And I'm trying to bring you in. I've been, for a while, trying to get him to open up to more people. But unlike me, he's not so... Open arms, friendly. <laughs> anyway, I think we should follow him down into that back room. Well, it's going to be a bit hard for us to get down there. You know the password. Sure, you know who he's looking for. No, because uh, I don't think he actually told me who he is looking for. Yeah. Just that we were looking yes. for a fighting pit at All right. the Nam's Eye. All right, and this is happening. I will woo the barmaid, and you sneak in the back office. I was going to suggest another option that we stay above board. I have pretty good hearing and I'm sure Key will make a ruckus if he gets into trouble. But for the most part, look, he has more papers than he lets on. One of those papers he has was actually meant to be for this place as the prize. So Uh where... Wait, going to try so, and win it. So he, so he has, so he has, so he has three. Yes. I thought he only had two. Oh no! So we're collecting them to give them back to Art. But you're going to give to gain more information about the other missing pages. I think I'm gonna have an aneurysm. <laughs> so, to get more information on these pages, we need to. Well, Key needs to be trusted by the person with the information. Actually, I can understand that. So, so then what's the point? You give him the papers, enter the freighter's pit, kick everyone's ass and take the tom- and take the page back. Exactly. All right, I'm in. That was why easy. You, that why, was easy. Why didn't you come to me with that plan in the beginning? Because Key has trust issues. Yes, but you could have told me. I know, I could have told you. But, but then again, Key would never trust you again. Exactly. So this is where we need to sort of keep this on like sort of more of a down low. So so we're spec opping this. This is just down the down low. We'll get this done. Yes. And hopefully when Key feels comfortable enough, he will come to you with this and you have to try and sort of act as surprised as possible. I'm great at surprise. Great. Oh, for me, it's beautiful. That was a horrible impression (laughs) and you know it. Oh, God. Let's just, we'll sit here, listen out, wait for Key. See what goes on. Thank you. Hey, as you enter this room, you can see that it's probably five foot by five foot, but there's a staircase that leads down to your left. And as you begin making your way down that staircase, there is a door ahead of you. Wooden that seems to have a metal peaking hole in the top that seems to have like jail bars on it. It's probably about a foot wide. And through there, you can see a half-orc individual just looking at you. As he looks at you and he, he says something in Orcish. Do you understand Orcish? I do. 
He says in Orkish, State your business. I um, I take a sip of my ginger ale and I say, are you Wokra? I'm not Wokra, but I can take you to him. If you know that name, then I know why you're here. Lead the way. He opens the door and you hear click, 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 grind, opens the door. As the door opens and he gestures for you to come through, you can see that it is a candlelit hallway that seems to lead into a stairway that leads downwards. As you come through the door and he shuts it, you watch as he takes the next 30 to 45 seconds locking back up all the locks and you can see there's about eight of them on there. You raise an eyebrow as he does and he turns around to you and he says, Right this way. You watch as he keeps moving down the stairway and you watch as you get to what looks like an elevator and he stands into it, opens it and he says, Do you have the goods? I need to talk directly to Watcher first. That's the right answer. (laughs) Completely in Orkish as he's saying this and as you're saying it back to him in Orkish as well. You're going down on the elevator and he says to you, Where'd you learn that speak, by the way? I learnt this in the monastery. In the monastery? You must have had an orcish teacher. More like a colleague. Well, he was a student and I was a cobbler. Right. Well, it's friendly to have somebody to talk to. You watch as the elevator just clicks, opens up, and as it opens up, you can see this circular cavern that seems to have makeshift seats almost like an amphitheater that angle downward into what looked like a pit below and you can see that it's starting to fill with various dignitaries and you can see different pathways and elevators that lead into this area indicating that there may actually be some more ways to the freighter's pit than the gnome's eye you look around and you you were surprised at the clientele that you see You can see ruffians, you can see bandits, and you can definitely take them into their perspective by the way that they look. But you also see some city guard scattered around, and they seem to be engaging with these bandits. You can also see what look like people in noble dress that seems to be sort of sitting around as well. And in the middle, you can see two people just beating the absolute crap out of each other. And you watch as there seems to be a just face, you can see one eye. Not two eyes and one missing, a singular eye. And as he looks down towards the um, the fight, you watch as one of the elven individuals punches this humanoid directly across the face and you watch as his head just sort of spins around. You, the whole crowd hears this crack and he lands on the floor. And you watch as they all just, you hear this silence and then an exchanging of coins. And then you watch as the, um, the gentleman up the top just sort of waves a hand and you watch as they drag this, this body out that seems to be deceased. The orc looks at you and says, This is Freighter's Pit. Welcome. And that there is Woktra. Well, you know him as Woktra. He has a thousand names. Some say. How long's this place been operation for? How long's Cadmir been around? Oh. This was said to be the first form of entertainment in the city. But since the new magistrates arrived in government, you know, Politics and such, they want to make the place more peaceful, so this is now an underground ring. But we honour our firsts here. This is tradition. It ain't gonna die. What do you know about Walter? Not a lot, he keeps to himself. But he's got a thousand names. 
Some people don't even call him Boktra. All right. Well, also he has one eye, and that's really creepy. Do I do I recognise like what kind of is he is he a man with one eye, or do I recognise him to be some kind of um, like a cyclops or something? As he stands up, he looks to be humanoid size, but he literally just has one eye and a bald head. So you've you've probably heard of in history and legend of cyclopses. Some of them seem to roam the area, and they're ancient, by the way. Cyclopses are pretty ancient. Um but none of them seem to be like humanoid size. You've never really heard of this race or this kind of people before. Um, but he stands up and begins conversing with somebody and then he sits back down. You can hear that there are low conversations throughout the amphitheater area and you also, um, actually I'll get you to roll a perception check. So there's many people of note throughout. Some of them you can see brandishing like a noble dress that seems to have eight circles on their blouse and eight lines. Uh, you know them to be the Corellian noble house. Uh, you also can see various different guards around. And one of them, bald head shining in the light, you can see is familiar to you. A guard named as Ornstone. If you look at his face, you can see his nose is almost completely horizontal. And you know that Felix caused that injury. You also know that this gentleman was the cause of you going before the magistrates upon your arrival in the city of Cadmia. And you can see him conversing with two other different people, sharing a drink and a conversation as they're looking down into the next fight that seems to start. But you do gauge that person. What you also get as you're looking around is trying to find the shadiest motherfucker in the room, basically. Just being this paranoid sort of cat that you are. You see over towards the back in the shadow... You see this man that seems to have a black hood over his face and he catches your eye because he's twinkling his hands together and one of them seems to be gold and seems to be gold. And he's just standing off on his own, probably about 50 to 60 feet away from you in the crowd. And you catch him, you look his way and then you sort of look back around. And as you look back his way, he hasn't, he doesn't move but you get the weird suspicion that he's watching you or you're being watched. Like a creepy sort of sensation as you look his way. He, um, I um, take note of the man with the gold hand. Gold hands? One hand. One hand. Yeah. What? One he's hand. wearing like this black robe, but you can see his head's completely covered and you can see, all you can see is like the tips of his fingers and his thumb that seems to be moving in his other humanoid hand whether it goes down into a full arm or it's just a hand you don't know. Yeah. It's goldy, coppery colour. Okay. Key cautiously starts motioning towards Woktra at the same time. Try not to make it too obvious, but um, is trying to watch it out of his sort of cat peripherals. The man with the gold hand and mm-hmm. also noticing Ornstone. is thinking it's probably a good idea to avoid contact um, as much as possible, so... Key's going to move to Woktra and as stealthily as possible. Okay. So as you make your way around this perimeter, you watch as the fight goes on down below. Punches being thrown. You can see also that weaponry seems to be included in this fight and there seems to be three or four individuals in here. You hear slicing, blood splattering across the sand, uh, sand and people begin to cheer and you'll take that an opportunity as people are distracted to make your way across. You can see 
Waktra seems to be elevated a little bit looking down at this this site and the stairs that lead up to him seem to be guarded by what look like a member of the city guard, one that you don't know, but you can see him standing up there and you can see there's a female guard standing to his left. So the two of them stand, they watch you emerge from the crowd and up the staircase that leads onto his, his podium. And as you emerge from the crowd, you watch as they sort of brandish their hand on a longsword and you watch as the female says, Get back to your seat, kitty cat. I'm here to see Waktra. I have business. As you say that, you watch as she moves forward and she says, Did you not hear what I said? And she's interrupted because you hear the voice of Waktra sort of turn around and say, He's welcome up here. We have a mutual friend. Let him pass. And you watch as she moves away from you. They do that sort of open up with their chests facing towards you and you slowly and cautiously make your way up onto the podium. You watch as he turns his chair around and he looks towards you. And he says, Tesnalus speaks of you in high regard. Master Key. He sent me here to give you something. I know. He holds out a hand. What is that? What what what's with this page? Why is there like a purple inscription on this page? What's changed? He looks towards it and he says, I do not know anything about this page. I cannot read it myself. All I know it is valuable and all of these people, he points to the people at the freighter's pit and he says, are vying for a piece of it. So instead of selling it to one of them and gaining 50 enemies, Terzenless and I came up with this little... Invitational, you might say. To keep everybody happy. A fair chance for all. Rich, poor. Isn't it interesting? Very interesting. So, this is a prize and people that enlist to fight can win this page. That is correct. But only if that prize is handed to me now. And you watch as he starts to do the give it with his fingers. He watches, he looks at you with his one eye. It's very unnerving. I um, I take the page out, the one that Tesselus gave me, and I give it to Waktra in his hand. He goes and he takes it. He holds it up and he says, Personally, I'm not one to engage in arcane knickknacks, but whispers have surrounded this page. It comes from something very old. Older than... The great gods were, it is said. Either way, it has made me a very rich man, so I thank you. You can go now. And he waves you and he goes to turn back towards the games. So, um, can I, I'm just going to quickly say, how do, how do people enlist? He turns around, his one eyebrow raises and he says, So this is why Tez and Les likes you so much, Cat. You are curious, and you have style. You've done me a favor, I'll let you join. But just know that you may not live with your life. Fight to the death here, Freitas. How does it work? Is it is it one-on-one combat? Is there pools? How do the rounds work? The winner plays on until no competitors remain. 
So far, my money is on the hunter. Have you heard of him? Tell me about the hunter. The hunter is a man who searches for a purpose. He seems to have found it in that dead pit. But before that, he and his clan were conscripted into the Capitolian army to fight in the Territories War, a war that he cared nothing about. So as you could probably tell, he defected and became a hunter of those that, well, escaped their duty. Since Capitol and the Empire has all but collapsed, he found his way to Cadmia. And here he is. His skills with a bow and a blade are formidable, being military trained and a fiend by nature. He is quite at home down there. And he will make you feel out of place. Is he fighting for anyone in particular? Or is he fighting for himself? See, that's the thing. He fights for no one. And between you and me, I don't think he even really cares about this prize. It is more the fact that he wants to be known. He wants to be seen. He wants to be remembered. I find that concept strange. But I respect that. So, do you really think you can beat a man like this all by yourself, Kitty? Well, I don't grip to life like I'm going to live forever. If I die, I die. <laughs> oh, cat. You pull on my heartstrings, you really do. The thing about the hunter is he will fight anybody. And he will fight as many people as you want to invite. Hmm, well I do have some friends upstairs. By all means, bring them down. Your entry fee. Well, that's your lives. <laughs> Are you willing to pay? What do you mean, elaborate with our lives? If you lose, you die. Okay, that's fine. He nods and he says, Get your friends. I will organize this fight. He stands up towards the crowd and you watch just as the final bell rings on this last fight, he stands up, opens his arms and he says, The main event will soon begin. The Grand Master of the Eye Catcher has delivered his prize. And he holds up the page and he watches everybody looks towards it. He says, This page is wanted by all. Let's see who gets it. And he watches, they all sort of clap. And they look down into the pit. As you, I imagine, goes upstairs. Yeah. So you eventually go back up. You find your orcish companion and he says, Back so soon? Yeah, I'm just collecting some friends. Oh, well, I guess anybody can come down here now. Why do we have guards? And he watches, he walks in, he shuts the gate and he looks to you and he's still speaking to you in orcish and he says, Did you find what you were looking for? I sure did. Well, that's nice. That's really nice. Um, can I expect to see you in the pit? Maybe. Well, Maybe. Or one of my friends might be in the pit. One of your friends? Well, I guess uh, I'll have to put some money on you. Are you a fighter? You look like a fighter. A bit skinny, but I think you've got something hidden under them wraps. <laughs> You're quite a pleasure to talk to. He looks at you and he says, 
Well, in my line of work, people are trapped with me in this box for about 45 seconds, so I try to make their time a little interesting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Imagine being trapped in a box for somebody in 45 seconds and all that time would just be silent. Silence is scary. Don't know what people are thinking and it's silent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, here we are. Ding! Ding, 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 ding. And he goes, I'll get the locks for you. As you get to the door and you watch as he sort of unlocks it. And he looks to you and he, as he closes the door on you, he says, I'll just keep this open. You're not going to be a minute, are you? No, it won't be a second. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. Oh, and uh, sorry for the gruff demeanor. When we met, it's my job. Got to scare away to our friends. He watches you eventually move out and you can see Halrod and Felix still in the same bar. Mm. You sort of open the door, poke your head out. So um, I just uh, see that they're sitting down at the booth talking, drinking. And um, I walk over and I make this really sort of lame ass attempt to be like, oh, Harold, you're here. Even though like, I know he's here. I'm like, good to see you're here. <laughs> I'll drop the pretenses, cat. <laughs> so I take a seat and I say, well, I just came from the pit. Just below us. Uh-huh. What's the layout like? Well, it's, uh, it's kind of like a sort of, Big Colosseum. Right, layered, step, layered seats and an angle down into a pit. And two people bash into each, o- to each other to death. I've been coming here for years and I've never known that the pit was right under you. Yeah, apparently it's old as Cadmere is itself. Oh, geez, I guess it survived this long because you just don't talk about Freyta's pit. Mm. With rule number one. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, come across... Uh, a guard by the name of Ornstone. Does that ring any bells? Ah, uh, isn't he the guard that he assaulted, which resulted in you getting community service? It's a matter of perception, but yes, assault was the charge. Yes, I did not mean to hit him. He has got in the way. But the fact that he's down there is uh, concerning. Yes, well, he looked like he's uh, like playing, placing bets. Mm. So maybe it was right of me to punch him in the face. Well, Arden's known for many years that the city guard is quite up to standard. Yes, well, at least we know where his moral compass lies. Keep that in mind. So what? What do we do now? So I was right. There is a page here, and it's up for grabs as the first prize. Now... As it turns out, we can enter in a fight. Now, you kind of said something to do with entry fee as our lives. I don't know. I didn't really. Okay. okay ro- ro- roll back just a second. Roll back just once. Uh, the entry fee is our lives. Yeah. Well, I asked him to elaborate and he said, um, you know, it's a fight to the death. So if you enter into this competition, you basically win or you die. Yeah, I've got some secrets up my sleeve. Do we, is it can, is it teams or is it single? Uh, it looks like it's it's single. Well, we can't all enter then, or else we'll have to end up killing each other. That's right. So I guess we'll just have to choose one of us to fight. Uh, I'm actually uh, unsure <laughs> if I've already been automatically enlisted. I'm actually unsure if I've accidentally enlisted you guys too. I kind of just sort of stumbled into a conversation and out of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point is, 
No one has to make us do anything. Do you know what consent is? Look, I might have put us in a precarious position. I'm not too sure. We'll go down there. We'll work it out. There's no situation where we're going to be fighting each other to the death. If we have to, we can feign. If if we can act it out good enough. If everything goes tits up, we are fighting our way out (laughs) and getting the page on the way out. Well, scoping the area, how many people there look like they can actually fight? There's a few. And in particular, there's a man there called the Hunter. Well, I suppose. He's the, he's the number one favorite. Mm-hmm. So. Also, someone else caught my eye. Uh, someone in a cloak. Couldn't see his face, anything like that, but looked like he had like gold fingers, golden hand, one gold hand. But I feel like he was looking at me the whole time. Can be several people down there that are taking interest in you. But now we're just going to designate that man with the nickname Goldfinger. Goldfinger. <laughs> Keep your eyes out for Goldfinger. Right. Let's let's talk strategy. Now, if it turns out that one of us is fighting, who will be the person that puts their hand up to do so? Well, if we, if we all enter, we're going to have a better chance of winning it. Yes, but just like Felix said, if we all enter, we're going to have to kill each other before we even get to the final fight. But I've had an idea. Tell me. What if we had another person there running interference for us? That's what I was thinking. I was also thinking the same thing, and I was thinking that I could do that. How would you do it? I was thinking some more with, like, elvish traits, spells, cantrips, that kind of thing. I was thinking, yes. My minor illusion could be pretty handy from this from the seats. I mean, it's technically cheating, but they didn't say we couldn't do that. No. They just said it's a fight to the death. Well, I don't know anything. Hmm. I wasn't inquisitive enough. Well, it's true that curiosity killed the cat, so maybe you're keeping yourself alive at this point. Honestly, I was thinking I could cause a distraction on the outside of it. By hitting somebody, you'd hit a guard, wouldn't you? Well, there just so happens I'm, to be a guard down there that I'm not a fan of. Do you want to end up in front of Magistrate Byer again? Well, is he going to say that he caught me in a fighting pit under the ground? No, but he's going to lie and said he found you. He said you could punch him in the street again. But, but how, Rod, if we're with a respectable member of the guild? I suppose your community services is paid now. Yes, and we are with you, and you do hold high regard in the guild. They can't believe you over him. Oh, but I'm not the leader, though. Yes, <laughs> but you are more respectful. That's fair enough. All right. We'll deal with that. Mm. In the scenario that one of us fights, who wants to put their hand up to fight? Well, I, I, I think Harold. I think Harold as well. You are a brilliant fighter. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm four foot nine. <laughs> with an impressive bow. But is this true? And I have attuned. I have attuned it now, but... Uh, according to the scripture on the ball, I can only declare one sworn enemy every seven day, every seven days. Well, that doesn't help me in a fighting pit now, does it? It does if you get it to the end. However, I do have a lot of tricks in my sleep. Well, I mean, I'll do it. My man. But we need to call somebody else. Call and get somebody him, else. And get him down here to run, in, run interference. Back up. There's someone at the guild who can help us. Mm-hmm. Do you trust him? If Arden trusts him, I trust him. 
He's not revealing anything about the character, but his trust in the character seems to be absolute, whether it's well-founded or not. So, Okay, so he does does trust him as far as I can tell. Well, to the point where, like, as much as you can trust someone you don't know. You're getting the gauge that he doesn't know this guy fully, but he, he trusts him because Arden does, and he trusts Arden. Well, if you trust him, I trust him. Can we succeed without him? Probably not. He is um, didn't even consider the idea of having another person thrown into the mix, so he's kind of stressing a little bit, but he acknowledges the fact that... He's a scholar. He doesn't have to fight. He just needs to create diversions. I understand. I understand. We get him. We need to get him quick. If we can distract the other fights are in the ring, we can take advantage of all right. Well, it'll be a bit weird if I left, so I think I'll stay here. Felix, you want to stay here with me? Well, I thought uh, I'd probably be quicker getting there and back, but then again, I have to, can on the way back. I have to can only be as fast as he can. Harold's the only person that knows what he looks like. Well, if he told me the name, I'm sure I could find him. All right, you're looking for a. I'm looking for a scholarly person. You'll probably be near Micah. But if you find Micah, he might be able to find Zendatis. That's the person we're looking for. Zendatis. Scully looking gentleman, wears robes, messy bag, the whole shebang. Okay. Well, I'm going to book it back to the guild then. Why like, <laughs> like the wind, Felix? So mm-hmm. like, as soon as I exit, I sort of like crack my neck and stretch and like sort of get down like in a running pose and then just using my feline agility, bolt. As he leaves, you watch as this shadowy cloud of dust in the shape of Felix just dissipates to the floor as he's left. <laughs> and at that leaves Key and Halrod in the tavern. You look at each other in silence, thinking to yourself, you've never spent a moment alone without Felix together before. I'm feeling a bit awkward. I've still got my ginger ale. So uh, I do something a bit weird and I take my ginger ale and I straight arm it. I just go. Yeah, drop it into your mouth. <laughs> Roll, roll a slide of hand check. He's looking at you directly in the eye as he does it, straight arm, and you watch as this liquid just falls onto his cheek and splatters off of his face. As a cat, he hates it. He shakes his, his head, he like moves his hands over his whiskers, and he just like drops the glass, smashes onto the floor, and you just like... I have the same problem. Way too much hair around the face. <laughs> it's the only way to drink ginger ale. How about a shoey? My God, Harold. You really are haunted. And at that, you guys make your way back through the back room, being let in by the dwarven bartender, the female. You eventually find the orcish individual who opens the door for you and he says, Beginning to think you never came. Can you understand orcish, Halrod? Right, no. So all you hear is... (laughs) And then you hear Key return speech in that language. So I'm translating? No, like how Rod's hearing you speak that language back. Okay. So he looks to you and you hear him say, I didn't know you were coming back. And then you say, I'm coming back. This is our champion that's going to fight. There's also two more people coming back. Give me the descriptions and I'll let them in on your behalf. Well, Watch has told me to give you free reign of the place as a gift from his friend Tezenless. Because of your loyalty and service to the Freighter's Pit. I turn to um, to Harold and say, Harold, I need to quickly describe your friend. 
What do you say it was again? Oh, he's um, he's half elf, half tiefling. Um, he's got horns that go back into his hair. Wears scholarly, scholarly robes. Little bit clumsy. I turn back and I speak to him. I say, "You're basically looking for a tiefling. You know what a tiefling is? Never heard of it before. Uh, it's like a little. Think of a. It's like a, a demon. A demon. Demon. <laughs> a, a happy demon. We're gonna let a happy demon." <laughs> My elevator. Uh, yes, a happy demon, and he's going to have like robes and stuff, and he's a little Never bit met a happy demon. <laughs> have you met any demons? No, just Wait, at the bottom of a glass. You're in for a treat, and so am I. Once I meet him, um, so he's going to be coming. Okay, and another handsome cat, cat bodice, will mm-hmm. be back. Right. So a clumsy demon, happy man, and a fancy cat wearing fancy shoes. It looks just like you. Okay, no, um, just 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 another tabaxi, another another cat. Does he also wear a mohawk? No, no, he's got like uh, oof, like streaky hair. Looks like he's fast all the time. Fast hair, got it. Fast hair, clumsy, happy demon. <laughs> got it. Shall we? Best descriptions ever. <laughs> He makes his way to the elevator with you guys in tow. He locks the doors behind him this time. And as he opens the elevator door and closes it, he looks towards you, Hal Rodney, says, Ever been to the dry expanse? Crazy place to dry expanse. That's where my people are from. Massacred by dwarves they were. Is he still speaking orcish? No, he's speaking common to you okay. now. Uh, I've never been to the dry expanse. Lucky. It doesn't go well with my skin. It does look well moisturised. As it goes down and it clicks, opens, here you are. And as you open up, you can see more people have filtered in since then. And in the middle of the fighting pit, you can see everybody sort of intently looking because it seems like the event has actually already began. You look down and you can see a imposing looking figure. You can see another orcish individual that seems to be standing muscle bound you can see large tusks seem to be protruding out of his jaw and you see one of them seems to be snapped off. Heavy dreadlocks that go all the way down to the middle of his back. You can see a glaive on his back and a heavy bow, like oversized bow on his back and arrows that seem to be the size of javelins. And you can see him basically just holding up this humanoid onto the side of the pit and you watch as he gets his palm and just crushes his face and it just completely explodes. And as he drops the body, you watch as the body sort of fitters for a bit and then dies in the sand and you watch as everybody in the crowd just sort of cheers. There's probably about 100 or so people in here at the moment. You watch as Wachtra stands up and says, Well, it looks like the first round goes to the hunter. We have a variety of opponents coming his way. We'll get the next round sorted. Somebody clean that up. Goodness me, he's making a mess of my sand. And at that, you watch as he is dragged away. The hunter moves over into the darkened side of the pit and you watch as he just sits on a stool stoically. Doesn't take the applause in. Nothing. He just sits down. Uh, And at that site, you gauge the room. You can see Orn seeming very happy that he seems to have won a bet. And you can see the man in black cautiously looking at you both still over the shadow of his cloak. 
That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.